They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt. Must put in Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt before we can consider Steve Smith. We're Hall of Fame robots. This is my friend, T-Bone. We'll do a live stream. We'll just chop it right off. You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. It is Mac and Bone Show time on a Thursday. We've got plenty of things to do here on this radio show. There is no doubt we're going to talk about the uh, new look Hornets. Now 3-0. and It would figure the All-Star break would come when Hornets fans actually don't want the All-Star break to come. Got to give them a little bit of love. Got to continue to ask the question, how did we get good? How did this, how did this happen by making trades that were really just made for the future? Um, anyway, it is an amazing development and it's some actual fun in Charlotte sports for a change. Big win for the Clemson Tigers against Miami in the ACC as they pad their tournament resume. South Carolina had a game that they would like to forget uh, at Auburn. And I believe maybe we all will forget this here in the near future, but that was ugly. We'll talk about that as well. We got some Panther things to get into. Pep talks to the media. Cam uh, talks for the first time in a long time about, and really I think one of the only few times Pugley's talked about this, about the Super Bowl infamous fumble that he immediately, did not immediately uh, go after. He talked about that on his fourth and one podcast. You'll hear some of that. Steve Wilkes fired. In San Francisco, after one year as a D coordinator when they were in the Super Bowl, um, that one is not sitting well with people across the country, and I'm sure here in Charlotte as well. And we'll let you hear a great interview with Grant Williams, new Hornets player. That is coming up at 6:45 here on the Mac and Bone Show. We got Flound. We got Bone in the house as well. Hey, Bone man, what's going on? Good morning to you, Mac. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature is 36 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at CharlotteComfortSystems.com. Excited to. Have some fun and, and talk some sports today, as we always do, to be that distraction from the world, from our country. But, you know, sometimes we have to be that too often, don't we, Mac? Where, you know, we, we have to compartmentalize our our job here to entertain, to have fun, when um, just another sad, dark day uh, with what we witnessed yesterday. Not trying to bring it down, but it's, it's, a, it's a cloud over all the... We're talking about. I just I don't feel like we can start coming on here raving no. about the new the the new look Charlotte Hornets without acknowledging no. what happened in Kansas City, and this one ties into our sports sports world too. Um, tw- at least twenty two wounded, and we're trying to see the latest updates on that number. One dead. It's a it's a radio DJ, um, in in the in the area, and I guess her kids were wounded in it as well. Um, sound and there were t- you know a bunch of the victims were kids. That were wounded. It sounds like they're all going to make full recoveries and stuff like that. But it's just a it's just another cold reminder bone that there's really no place we're safe at. Like you know what I mean? It's happened in churches. It's happened in movie theaters, nightclubs. It happens at schools all the damn time. Sadly and and horribly. And here's an, another example. I I cannot really give you a place bone where we should really feel safe in this country anymore. And that's just that's sad as hell, man. Yeah. For further information, the woman that died was a uh, Kansas City DJ, Lisa Lopez. She's the sister of a, of a mayor, uh, 
on a on a outlying town of Kansas City in Lee's Summit area. Uh, Beto Lopez is um, her brother. She uh, her two nieces and nephews were also injured uh, in the shooting. So it's also an example, Mac, of how fast things can change. Because I'm watching. I watched most of that yesterday. I enjoy, you know, as well as it's a you know a team I despise. I enjoy watching the celebrations because. It gives you moments. You had Mark Madsen dancing. You've had a bunch of guys yeah. on the podium. It gives us, for what we do, a lot of material that we talk about. We're going to talk about Travis Kelsey trying to sing and Willie Gay laying in the street, Mac, having the time. Of his life. People are having the most joyous time of their lives. Now, they experience it a lot in Kansas City, but those are memories of a lifetime. You're watching those people. You're like, oh, my goodness. We would love to have something, a celebration like that here one day. You watch it and go, this is awesome to witness a coming together of people in celebration of one thing and it happens so fast where as soon as the the parade's over you get the the news there's a there's a gunshot uh fired in kansas city but we're so numb to that you know you're not thinking that it's going to be one of these mass shooting type things although we should probably think that now i'm just thinking well who maybe that's just something that then it starts to grow and grow and grow then you start to see the footage of people running a hero tackles a guy then you realize oh this is not you know um random gunshot into the air or something that happened. This is one of these serious situations that we talk about far too often. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore that Travis Kelsey was drunk singing. You know what I mean? Like, none of right. that stuff yep. feels like even worth talking about at all. Um, it, it, three people were apprehended. One of them w- was the individual that was tackled by a couple of fans that were at the parade, and they just realized, oh, shoot, he's the one He's one that fired shots. They had the guy on CNN so, last night with his daughter talking about what happened. All of a sudden, he just had to, in a split second, the guy's coming at him. He just, it's, get him, and he just tackles the dude. That, which is, which is that's the one saving grace from, what, from all these tragedies, is you will see Americans step up and be heroes. We still have freaking heroes, everyday, regular Joe heroes in this country. But we also have, you know, we, we have some just horrible individuals and it only takes one or two or three horrible individuals uh it was the 48th mass shooting in the united states this year and we're a month and a half in oh my i didn't know that it, it, it's just it, we're desensitized to it I, I i think must i think much of america just reads oh there's another I, I i don't even know if it hits home anymore with many americans which is just so sad here's how numb to it we are mac and i did not know this until later in the day yesterday this was the third gun incident at a pro sports celebration since June. The Nuggets had one. Now, maybe not to the, the level that we no, saw yesterday. Now, was anybody hit with gunshots? I don't, I don't think so, but there was definitely a gun incident because Michael Malone was going off last night on guns of the Nuggets. And the Texas Rangers had um, some sort of gunfire between people at there. So it may not have been to the level that we saw yesterday where people lost their lives. But this is the third pro sports gathering in less than a year, where where gunfire broke out in some form or fashion, I didn't realize that about Denver. Yeah, and I didn't Rangers. know. I didn't know that either, man. And 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 we'll get we'll talk about it later. We'll we'll, we'll set a time kind of in the middle of the show, and we'll, we'll send we'll talk about it in a heartfelt way and in an honest way. I I just I hate the fact too. There's two things I hate. One is innocent American lives are being lost at just regular places where you want to go enjoy yourself or worship or whatever you want to do, go to school and learn. Yep. And the other thing is. When you talk about it, you feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to people are going to be mad at me. There's going to be such an argument. Um, it's so divisive. These are Amer- innocent American lives that are lost all the time, way too often in this country. And because of this ridiculous, divisive, two-party bullcrap system that we have, it has been made a political issue. 
one in which we argue and we can't even get on the same page and people in Washington can't even work together on this. Like, that's how pathetic we are right now as a country politically. It's just, and I know it's going to happen. We'll get texts from people that are mad at us. And it's just like, I just, I can't take the divisiveness in this country. I can't take the violence in this country. I love this country, but we are flawed and it just upsets me so much. And so I don't want to, I don't want to do this to everybody, the whole show. But we want, had to say something at the beginning, and I think we will in the middle of the show address it, let people text in, you know, and, and, and that's one more. One more note on it. We'll move on to sports here until later on. Nine of the victims, the last I saw of it, you know, the numbers have changed a little bit. The last I saw of it was the report from Kansas City that nine of the victims were children. Yeah, yeah. So we can argue all we want to about stuff, and I'm sure some people will. Think about that, though. Nine of the people were children at a sports celebration where a radio host died. If that doesn't hit home, Mac, you're a parent with children, we're radio hosts, we're yeah. people that are in sports world, That that's a sign right there that any given moment, any time of the day, doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, your age, this could happen to anybody. It could, man. It could. Um, all right, anyway, so we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, if you want to share your, your, your opinions, you text them in. Um, but I feel like Bone said to open the show, there's also an element of two. Because this stuff gets so emotional and divisive, there is an element, too, where our job is is in large part to talk about the stuff you came here for, right? Talk about the Hornets. Again, I mean, EC asked the question about last night during the game, are they ever going to lose again? <laughs> and I'm starting to wonder about that myself. I just, I, this is a shocking development. This is such a shocking development to me that you could make these trades for the future, right? That's what this was really about. Shaving salary, um, Getting draft picks. It was a move that I'm sure the new owners um, told Mitch to execute, and it was for the future. But we did acknowledge, Bone, shoot, this team might have got a little better because they've got legitimate rotation guys now to come off the bench instead of, you know, a very swarmy bench that we had before this. And I'll be damned. I, I just think it's an injection of energy. I think they brought in five dudes that really want to be here. And, and really want to play here. And I have to be honest with you, Bone, before this, I'm not sure how many guys even wanted to go out and play. They were the, they were just going through the motions. I think they were all miserable over there, many of them, and on the Hornets roster. And you brought in three guys from Oklahoma City that weren't getting minutes, and they're ecstatic to get minutes. And you brought in two guys from Dallas, Bone, that are Charlotte kids. They might be two of the few guys in the league to be happy to be traded to the right. Hornets. And I just think that I think you brought five guys in that are, like, loving this. And I think it's been infectious to the other guys on the team. I really do. It's an infusion of energy and intangibles. You're bringing in and you're bringing in guys back that are vets. There's not not man, but the other guys are vets. They're savvy. They know how to win. They've been there. They've done that. And now you're going to blend in some young players with that. It's a it's a hell of a deadline. And look at the defensive side. The three games prior to this three game winning streak, which is the longest win streak of the year, they had one two in November. I was and wondering about that. They, won, okay. they beat Boston in November. Remember, they came back and rallied. Then they beat the Wizards when they rallied Thanksgiving week. That was their only two game win streak until recently. Now they've won three in a row. Look at the defensive numbers prior to these three games. I know Milwaukee was a depleted roster, but 124, 123, 120. Now it's 106. 102.99. It's going lower and lower by the game. So Cliff's got some guys back now that he can work with and get his defense going as well. The other group, for whatever reason, wasn't connecting with Cliff on the defensive side. So it was 
it was eye opening that this this defensive masterminded Cliff. How are they so bad? Well, turns out he's got some guys willing to play defense. That yeah, I'm not sure how many guys gave a damn. I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure how many guys gave a crap about playing defense or trying. There was a video. I mean, one of the NBA people last week they put out a video of PJ Washington not defending. I forget who it was, and he said, "I've got about 75 more clips." A PJ Washington given no. I don't think they cared about that end at all. I think they knew they were getting their ass beat, and I think all they cared about some of these guys are getting numbers. And I think you brought in guys that just wanna put it all on the line. I mean, I forget who it was that no, it was Grant. It was Grant Williams that made that amazing dive on the ground play and he then did. saved it and he threw did. it back. And, and even the, even the Hornets announcers bone, you know, I uh, said, I'm not sure you'd see that a week ago. Two weeks ago, three no, weeks ago, no. and they and listen, I love L, e, EC and Dell, but that's a homerific broadcast. <laughs> and even they had to point out, I'm not sure that would happen um, two years ago, which uh, two weeks ago was just sad, which is just sad. But let's let's not think back about that. Let's embrace these guys. The shooting's got so much better. That, that's the first thing we that I said Friday bone is I said all these guys can shoot it. Like that's got to be good for something in today's NBA. And they space the floor. The floor is so spread out in space. The small lineups with Grant Williams, I can't say enough about. I, I don't know how we get away with playing a 6'5 guy at center, but it works. And we spread the floor out and go all five, five out, and everybody can shoot it. And then all of a sudden, the driving lanes for guys like Trey Mann and Misich and Bridges and Miller, the driving lanes are huge. I just, I mean, it's amazing, man. The new, it, it's the amazing. New guy, the new guys off the bench at 40 again combined. Right. Uh, Mag, I got something to say about Trey also here. I'm going to beat you to it. Our new guy, Trey, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. <laughs> Put that in the promo, Flounder, right now. Put that in the promo. Oh, man, what a be game. Ma- mm. Be back to the singing punch. 18, 6, and 8. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. 18, 6, and 8 for Trey, man. So all these yeah, guys 21, are showing 21, flashes. 21. Oh, why did I say 18? Yeah, 21, 8, and 6, and two steals. What the hell happened to my box score here? Oh, yeah, yeah, 21 points. Oh, I try, no, man, no, I ain't don't, short, don't sell him short, man. I ain't trying to short you on three, baby. Well, you got to check the max stats over there. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, uh, man's got more hops than an IPA, man. Have you seen him jumping? You see his vertical? Mm, Holy a, crap. <laughs> more hops than an IPA. You like that one, Bob? That is tremendous. Like I it. love it. Now, I didn't steal that at all from a group chat. There's not a WFNZ individual oh, that if gosh. he heard this is going to be angry that I've stole this like That Willie, was purely me. That feels like a line that Willie P would tweet out and then send us his tweet. <laughs> okay. I might have stole that from Willie P. That's a good one, P, man. Come on, man. I'm down with the IPA humor, baby. I am all about that. I also want to mention... Um, we're gonna, we'll talk about Clemson uh, winning against Miami. They're now seven and six ACC. Uh, South Carolina beat by forty. Oh, goodness, by Auburn beat by basically twenty in each half. Gave up fifty yeah. in, in the first half and fifty one in the second half. Auburn shot 61, 60, 90 for their slash line. Out assisted South Carolina 22, 22 to five. I knew that was going to be tough, uh, but Auburn style won out in a massive way. That was a battle of styles, and Auburn just destroyed the Gamecocks last night. Yeah, you just got to forget that one and move on, man. You really do. I also want to get a, give uh, some love to my Charlotte FC boys. 3-0 and now in the preseason. Beat Phoenix Rising yesterday. Yeah, it's a USL team, but we'll go with it. They're 3-0 and in the preseason. And you know who scored a goal bone? Willie P? The 15-year-old. No, uh, AIP in his uh, <laughs> kit. Full kit. Did not score. Um, uh, 15-year-old uh, wonder kid. Um, Nymfasha Berchimas scored a goal. He has 15 bone, and he might be on the first team. Wow. Think about that. Any of you that have kids, there's a dude, and he starred at the at the uh, U17 um, uh, you know, uh, World Cup for the U.S. 
But there's a kid that's 15 that might be a first-team player for Charlotte FC. It is wow. ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. This segment is sponsored by Unbound.org. A girl in Kenya dreams of becoming a doctor. An elder in Guatemala dreams of being part of a community. Reach out and change their world, and it will change yours at Unbound.org. We come back. We've got plenty of Panthers past in the news, including Steve Wilkes, Julius Peppers talking to the media, and Cam talks about an infamous play on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. questions about what kind of player I was and a lot of doubt and skepticism. Um, there were questions about uh, if I was worthy of being taken that high. So my uh, motivation and my main thought at that time was just to come in and prove that I belong, prove that um, that, that I was one of the better players to come out of that draft. So I had a lot of motivation to come in and perform right away because of all of those questions about, you know, my work ethic and stuff like that. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Julius Peppers talking about what motivated him coming into the league, and you heard it right there. And it's interesting, Bone, because – and people – you know, the narrative on him was – and and I'm telling you, I hate that even many Panther fans would say this when he played. We had a first ballot All-Famer, and many Panther fans just – couldn't enjoy him because they thought he should have provided more. They thought he was this physical freak that loafed and was lazy and took plays off and stuff like that. It's the it's the first Panther drafted player, Bone, to go to the hall. And a bunch of our fans spent much of his Panther career complaining about him. <laughs> like they, it just it, it yeah. still cracks me up to this day. They complained about him. Then look where he ranks on the all time sack list. Look Fourth. who look who the other guys are that are in that neighborhood or right above him. Mac, he got a knock on the door from Bruce Smith that said, Welcome to the club. <laughs> Panther fans spent the first part of his career complaining about this dude that got that knock from Bruce Smith, who has what, two hundred and a half career sacks, whatever the number is, saying, Welcome to the club. Join the rest of us. That's <laughs> Pretty special, is it not, Mac? In his yeah. first year on the ballot, you had too. A hell of a, you had a hell of a run when Bruce Smith walking down your driveway. 90th first ballot Hall of Famer in the history of the league. But yet we used to have debates about him and whether he sh- Panther fans should be happy with him or complaining about him. I think he, like, Just he, think about that, man. What is he, Hall of Famer number 378, I think it was, they said? Yeah. Of all yeah. the millions of people that play this game. 
378, and then there's more this year. But and we couldn't all just enjoy him and celebrate There's around 380-plus Hall of Famers. And we couldn't just all enjoy and celebrate him. But uh, uh, I, it's interesting that he acknowledged that because I thought Pep was the type of guy that just didn't pay any attention to anything outside. But he did. He said yeah. coming out of the draft, he heard that. And I wonder if he heard it when he was here, too. Maybe it's part of the reason why he wanted to get that guy out of Carolina I, for a little I, bit. I think so. You know, is oh. there was just always so much pressure here that many would still, we knew what kind of physical freak he was from when he was young. And it's just, for many people, you know, it wasn't going to be enough. Unless he had 38 sacks a season. Oh, my God, he's a physical freak. How's he not? You know what I mean? Well, how, do you have a, you, how do you have three games with zero sacks? Why do you not get 39 sacks? <laughs> uh, Mag, what excited me yesterday about it was uh, the possibility that he talked about of one John Fox being his presenter at the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to do a John Fox impression, <laughs> but I'm just telling you right now, John Fox presenting up there saying, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, all I have to do to describe Peppers is uh, he was what he was. <laughs> That's it. Oh, he said? You want this to happen so badly, Bone, so you can bring back the Foxy voice. What if he said, well, I know that my offense might be keeping Spitty out of this thing, but I got Peppers here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's all I'm so, going to say, though. That's all I'm doing. I'm just going to put Foxy Just wait away. and see. Wait Fox. and see if there's a speech for you to put together, Bone, uh, as your uh, alter ego, Foxy. Um, uh, let's see here. What else? He he talked about he never really thought about the Hall of Fame. Like, it wasn't like a goal for him. He says at the end of his career, he started hearing people talk about, oh, you're a Hall of Famer. You might be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he says that's not what, what drove him. Um, he had some cool stuff on basketball, too, that he talked about. Um, Joe Person actually had one of the most interesting moments in the presser when he talked about how Jason Capel told him told Joe Person um, last week when Joe put his article together yeah, about yeah. Pep that uh, remember when um, Jace Capel's dad was with the Hornets. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. Um, there was internal Hornets discussion about, should we give him a workout? <laughs> Did they want to try oh. to get him as a, like a part-time player? Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, while you're in town, Pep, how about you play some ball for us, baby? It, the way the game has evolved, Mac, with the way it's played now, there's no way that Pepper's, it doesn't have an NBA career, especially in this time, right? It's no longer the uh, seven-foot centers. It's The game is played a different way. Now, Peppers, I think, would shine uh, in the NBA in this day and age. Yeah, but he brought he, he he summed it up well, though. He says, basketball was my first love. We've all he, he acknowledged everybody knows that, right? We've always talked about that. Basketball, he loved more. Yep. Football, he played because, look at him. He's a freak at it. And he acknowledged that that's why, you know, that's why he chose football. It became apparent to him that this is where I got to go for business reasons. But basketball was was the sport he loved. And I love it yesterday, he says, in very understated pep fashion. He says, I think I made the right choice. <laughs> he did all right. I think so. I think you definitely made, yeah, I, made the right choice. Um, all right, so we got it. Uh, we, we have to let you hear this too because he was asked about his former teammate Dan Morgan and Pep. As you would expect, gets Dan's back. Um, says he'll be great as a GM, just like he was as a player. I have great confidence in Dan, as I did when I played. He was similar to Luke in some ways, where you see this nice, clean-cut guy off the field, but then when they get on the field, they turn into a whole new person. This is, this is like a whole new person that you see that's really fierce, that's really passionate about the game. So that's how he that's how he approached it. He was a great leader. He was a great communicator. I think he can handle it. I think he, he, he's been in he's been in that 
in that world for a while now. I thought it was a great choice by Dave to to bring Dan in. Dan, Dan, he knows the locker room. He knows the guys. And um, he's a Panther. So I, I think he's going to take great pride in, in doing his job and doing it well. Matt, the common theme that you hear about Morgan from guys that played with him against him that we've talked to the last couple of weeks, he's one of those guys that's got the respect of those that he played with or against. You can tell the way they talk about him. They know that it may not have ended because of injuries the way it should have, but you can tell the way that he attacked that game. He's got the respect of all those dudes that he went to battle with. 100%, man. One, he was a dog, Boney. He's a dog. He's looking for some dogs. Did you see our friend Mac, uh, Edgar Salmingo's? Uh, he was putting Valentine's together yesterday, like Panther-related Valentine's. <laughs> Did you see the one? It's Dan Morgan just staring, and it says, will you be my dog? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a little play. And, I, and yes, Dan, we will be your dog. <laughs> I don't know if we're worthy. I don't know if we're worthy. Uh, Mac and Bone with you talking some football here on the show. A, um, a interview with Grant Williams, one of the new members of these unbeaten New Look Hornets. We talked to him yesterday on the show. You're going to hear him talk about how much it meant to him to come back to his hometown of Charlotte. And then you're going to hear him passionately talk about not wanting to see all the fans of all these opposing teams in the arena. He wants Hornets fans to take that arena back. It's really good stuff. So anyway, that's coming up at 645. Steve Wilkes fired yesterday. And I think a lot of people, Bone, were shocked by this. Um, I saw a lot of people speculating about this. When Kyle Shanahan the other day was asked point blank, will Steve Wilkes be back? And his answer was, well, we got a lot of talks internally to have about the future, not just coaching players and everybody. You know, we've got a lot of talks to have. When that was his non-answer, to the will Steve Wilkes be back question and knowing how the season went out there in San Francisco, it was a rocky ride. Like a lot of the defensive stats are great and it does feel freaking unfair in a lot of yeah. ways to Steve Wilkes. I wasn't re really surprised because there were there, there. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the greatest fit in the world. Um, remember when Shanahan early in the season, bone made Wilkes uh, leave the booth and go down to the field. Yeah. He's never been on the field. This this is, you know, this is brand new to him. And there was that change. There was a moment in a presser after the Vikings loss where Shanahan complained about the blitzes, the zero blitzes, um, which, by the way, if you hire Steve Wilkes as a D coordinator, you should know you're getting blitzes. Like maybe you should have hired somebody else. Um, and then in a game where I thought Kyle Shanahan made more mistakes than any coach on the sidelines, he manages Bone to – look like he is scapegoating Steve Wilkes. When, when when 19 points in regulation to Pat Mahomes, and he gets fired like three days after that. If defensive coordinators, Mac, are getting fired for not stopping Patrick Mahomes, then no one's ever going to want to be a defensive coordinator. It does feel like a scapegoat situation. I hate it for Wilkes. Yes, he was not as good as D'Amico Ryan's the year before, but few are. You saw what he did in Houston as a head coach. So it was never going to be the exact same as it was. They had a little bit of issues there, but it's only been one year, and he doesn't get year two to, to make an adjustment. Too many times Steve Wilkes doesn't get another chance to try to make something right in his career. He gets fired uh, very quickly in a lot of these spots. Mac, if that game plays out the way that it, it did, 22-19, to 19, defense was the same, the same the, the game plays out the same way, and the Chiefs get the ball, and maybe the Niners' defense doesn't even cause it to happen. What if Mahomes just drops the ball? Just drops the ball. Oh, I dropped it. Niners get the ball, go on to win the game. A self-inflicted thing, excuse me, it might not be the best term used today, but a um, something that Mahomes does on his own there costs him the game. Would Wilkes would not get fired, would he? 
Same defense. Oh, definitely same stats. Not. If, if Mahomes costs them a mistake on its own, and the defense and the Chief, and the Niners win that football game, then Wilkes keeps his job. But because you know what I mean, so it's like they could be champions today with the same defense. Mahomes makes a mistake that he causes. What if they don't? He's like, the, yeah, it's what, what if saying. they don't have the muff punt? What if they don't have the blocked extra point? Like all these other things. What if Kyle Shanahan didn't make a ton of mistakes in that game, play calling wise, overtime decision wise, right? And that's the thing to me. I thought Kyle Shanahan was one of the biggest problems in that game for the 49ers not named Pat Mahomes. He, he was. And, but he's going to go and blame Steve Wilkes. So it's annoying. It's it's it's. I feel for Steve Wilkes because it feels like he's always getting a raw deal. Arizona got one year to be the coach. Josh Rosen, a guy couldn't even make it in the league. They draft him. And then you don't win games with a guy that couldn't even make it in the league at all. And you're gone after one year. And then you look at what, what Tep did to him last year. And then you look at this. I, I just how can Cleveland, you not feel for him? Cleveland one year. Remember, he had to stay in Cleveland for one year. Missouri as one year. Missouri one year. Now he was they, they were they, he was awful in the college level, but Missouri one year. That was Cle- also his first year there. Yeah, so Cleveland he was one year. It's always it's always. But did he get fired in Cleveland and Missouri, or did he leave to go he somewhere? He did else? get fired in Missouri. Missouri right? fired. They were they were bad. They were legitimately not good. But, but yeah. Cleveland, did they fire him after? So he's been fired this many times after one year. I thought Cleveland fired him, right, Flounder? Or did they just have a coaching change and that's how he got let go? You know what I mean? I have to look it up. I mean, that's a firing, but it's because you changed the head coach. But I'm talking like flat out, these unjust situations have happened a lot for Steve Wilkes, man. They really have. And I just freaking hate to see it. And then the timing of it, too. You know, you don't normally see a coordinator from a Super Bowl team fired. Um, So now he is out there in the job market bone, and there's no coordinator jobs available. Stefanski, Stefanski did not retain him after the one year. So, oh, really? yeah, but he, he so wasn't he got, fired, really. He wasn't fired. They got a new coach, and he didn't want Wilkes back there with him. So he got, he got, then he went to Missouri after that. After after Cleveland hired Stefanski, they got a new D.C. Then he went to the college level, yeah. and then I think it didn't work out there for that one year. Yeah, so, um, but there's no, there's no D.C. jobs available. Nope. That's another thing that makes that sucks about this. So anyway, man, I feel for Steve Wilkes after what he did for the Carolina Panthers last year. The only time we've had an identity at all in like the last five years, he gave it to us. And it's just, I, I hate this for him, man. I really do. I do too, man. Uh, it sucks. All right, let's, uh, it's it's cam time though. It is cammy time. And I got to be honest, man, I cannot believe, well, I can, because I know cam. The headlines he makes with his podcast bone is every day. It's every day. This is why I'm saying this dude needs to be given mammoth platforms. People pay attention to him. They get mad at him half the time, but people pay attention to what he says. And this was interesting because this play is infamous in Panther history. It is the second time Bone, he was stripped of the football in the in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, and he does not go for the, for the fumble. Now, what I, I want to say what people leave out. His first inclination was he didn't go for the fumble. He kind of jumped back. Yes. Then he tries to go for the fumble, and it, and he can't get it, and it bounces around. It wasn't like he walked off the field and said, eh, hey, y'all have at it. But his first inclination, Bone, was let me jump back and not dive on there. And yesterday he was asked about it on his 4th and 1 podcast. Listen to this. It ain't no excuse for me not jumping on the fumble. Okay. I should have jumped. Okay. So I'm not even going to give you – Something because that will be the take that somebody I should have jumped on the fumble. Okay, straight up. There's no the competitor in me. If that happens again, duh. You know what I'm saying? And the this is the Super Bowl. Facts. All effort goes to like yo Super Bowl energy. That wasn't Super Bowl energy. And I think 
that is what hurts the most. It's like, yo, you don't get an opportunity to go back. It's not promised for you to go back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the next year, that's when the shoulder injury happened. And oh, the yeah. year following that, that's when the foot injury happened. So you don't necessarily know when it's going to be your time when it's again. Gonna be your time. Like, that was your time to seize the moment. Carpe diem, the words that I live by. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't. So, you know, looking back at it, you will never have an opportunity again. So that's pretty honest stuff from Cam there, man. You know, I, I think that, yeah, I, it's interesting to hear him say that, and I'm not making an excuse for Cam. He didn't make one for himself, but if you remember that game back, I think he just he paused for that split second, and it cost him that moment. But I think Cam Mack was so already beaten in that game from what the Broncos did to him. I think he was exhausted. I'm not, again, it comes across as an excuse. I'm just trying to go back to that moment where he stopped for a split second, and it cost him. But Cam, I think... That Denver defense, I think, just beat the hell out of Cam. That yeah, day. I've always said, and it's unfortunate because he was one of the toughest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yep. Like, how many quarterbacks would be willing to dive up over the pile for a touchdown like he did against Houston? How many quarterbacks would try to run through the whole defense like he did in the Georgia Dome? How many how many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL were willing to put his body on the line like that? Matter of fact, why did the shoulder injury happen? Because he ran a guy down and made a tackle. Most quarterbacks just wave bye-bye to you. And I, so that's the thing that sucks is all the cam haters get to use that and act like he doesn't care enough and he's not willing to sacrifice any, any, he, he has sacrificed his body more than maybe any quarterback in the history of the sport. I hate that. I hate that about it. Um, but that's real talk from cam and whoever, the what, person, will cam, what will cam say today? Will he address the Tennessee uh, dancing mom at some point? <laughs> um, uh, we'll see if we can the get Tennessee that on mom there. about his dancing. We'll yeah. see if we can get that on there. But anyway, um, and he, and he was given a chance to explain why didn't you do it. And he, and he just said, there's no excuse. I'm not – people don't want to hear me tell you why I didn't want to jump on a fumble. Damn, Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. So, anyway, that's good, honest stuff. And the haters can hate, 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 hate. They can go ahead. And we're going to play, 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 play. All right? I knew where that was And we're going to shake it off. Yep. You done? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. That's all I know. This segment is sponsored by Compassion International. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty – $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word RADIO to 97646. We come back. We had the chance to talk to new Hornets forward Grant Williams yesterday about coming home and about the crowd and what it's going to mean to him to play in front of this crowd on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And see, it's one of these mornings where I feel like I can smell my own breath. That's not a good sign, is it? What? That's the most random thing I've ever. I was heard just thinking it. I just, I can't, you know me. I can't help myself. I just thought it. I share it with the audience. You know, the you audience is family. You don't have to share you everything, know? you know. So I have a question then: Is it good? 
Oh no! Oh no! That's not a good oh, thing. Geez. It's not like it smells like you know peppermint. I thought you, you know were. I thought maybe it smelled like the pancakes that uh, you have with your little breakfast sandwich. <laughs> sometimes. I had a croissant, by the way. Oh. I had a vending machine sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. I want you to know that. All right, let's get back to the show here. You don't care about my breath or my breakfast. I have a feeling, but what I think you probably do care about is this this Hornets team. That is now 3-0. and Well, yesterday when we talked to Grant Williams, a Charlotte native, a new Charlotte Hornets player, and a huge factor in what they're doing right now, we talked to him. They were 2-0, and and he was feeling good about it. Uh, and the first thing you're going to hear him talk about is he's not really surprised that they were able to bring in these five new guys, himself included, and all of a sudden completely turn the performance around. I'm not really surprised just because we have a lot of veterans that came over that um, – know how to play the game of basketball and play the game the right way. And then the guys who are here um, have massive talent, you know. Um, it was never a question of talent, Shaw. It was just a matter of um, getting these guys organized and, and healthy. And I feel like this is the group that we can have success with, and this is without LaMelo, without Mark, and we have a couple guys that um, continue to grow and improve, and we have a good team moving forward. Grant, when I think of you, uh, I think of leadership, whether it be what you do with the league, uh, on the court, you're vocal, but you're also a, a leader off the court, community-wise. What does it mean to you to not only be a leader on the court, but to be a leader, especially back in Charlotte now? Yeah, it means a lot, you know. It's a lot of responsibility, and it's one of those things you have to take on the challenge head-on because um, there's not going to be – not, we're not saying we're going to be perfect, but um, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and someone has to be able to, you know, help bid the storm, you know, and be able to um, communicate with guys that, you know, things may not go our way all the time and things may go our way, but um, we just have to stay together throughout the entire process. So, Grant, you find out about the trade last week. What were your emotions? I mean, was it? It's got to be weird to be traded. None of us can relate to a job where you, they literally can tell you, by the way, you got to go relocate to this city. You know what I mean? That's where you're going to be, and someone else is going to take your spot here. So, what were the emotions? And was it? Did, did it? What did it make you happy at all that it was Charlotte? It was your hometown. Yeah. Um, so my emotions were. I kind of knew it was coming. So. It wasn't like I was too caught off guard and I was too shocked by it. I was more so prepared and trying to figure out, you know, exactly where I was going. And when I figured out I was in Charlotte, I was super pumped because I get to go home, see my family, friends, you know, my grandparents are getting old. They're 87 years old now. So um, it was a blessing in disguise. And I knew um, we had a chance to build something here, you know. That's something I always wanted to be a part of. And currently the team has talent, and I wanted to make sure that we develop that level of team and, and focus so that we can win more games than, than before. Grant, I know you're you're new to playing with, with Brandon Miller. It's only been a couple games, but the other day, your former teammate got compared to him by J.J. Redick on his podcast. He said that there's a lot of Jason Tatum that he sees with Brandon Miller from afar in just the little bit of time you've been here. Are you, are you seeing where, where J.J.'s coming from, that Brandon Miller's got a little Jason Tatum to his game? Yeah, I see a lot of Jason Tatum. I see a lot of Paul George. Uh, both of those guys kind of have a similar um, feel. To, or Brandon has a similar feel to both of those guys. And it's very exciting to watch because his talent is just, you know, developing. And he has a long way to go. He's just continue to work hard. We just got to keep him um, understanding that he could be one of the best in the league. And he has to continue to work to become that because Brandon definitely has a, has a lot of talent, especially at a young age. And he can develop into something great for this team. 
We're talking with New Hornet Grant Williams back in his hometown in Charlotte. By the way, they're they're playing great. The two games since these trades were made, 2-0, and oh, playing maybe the best basketball they played all year. And they're at home tonight. You can check them out at the Hive tonight against Atlanta. Grant, I'm going to I'm gonna read a text that somebody, one of our fans, uh, Hornets fans, sent uh, to our show about you yesterday. And I want, I want to, you know, how accurate is this? Uh, the texter says, I love having Grant Williams on the team. Even though he's young, he's a leader. He'll coach up his teammates. He'll pump them up. But he's also... Far from afraid to give hell to the opposition and be a pain in their rear end. So is that a fair way to is that a fair way to describe you? Absolutely. Um, I feel like you know I'm not worried about anything besides winning and this team and focus putting us forward. You know that takes a little bit of hard nosed toughness. If that takes you know supporting those that are around me. If that takes getting on those around me. If that takes getting on myself or allowing others to get on me in the same way, same capacity. And that's what matters. And um, I'm excited to be able to do that for this group. And I'm excited for this group to really show Charlotte that we have something here and, you know, get get the people back. Because I remember back in the 90s and, you know, 2000s, Charlotte led the league in attendance numbers. Yeah. And they were there screaming, let's go Hornets. They weren't there screaming for any other team. Yeah. And I remember playing for Boston and coming home and them screaming, let's go Celtics, let's go Mavericks. And it kind of not it, it didn't piss me off at the time because I was playing for those teams. But it pisses me off now because um, I know what we can do, and we haven't necessarily put the product out there yet. But I know that we're going to do it for this, this city, this this team. And I'm excited for these fans to really understand that the Hornets are going to be back here really soon. Yeah, this franchise, this city, with what we're going through as sports fans, they need someone to play pissed off. And that's what we said about you is that you're going to have an attitude out there. You're not going to have it off the court. You're going to do the right thing, but you're going to have an attitude on the court uh, that this franchise sorely needs. We're talking to New Hornets forward Grant Williams here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Grant, I'm always fascinated by your upbringing because your dad was a bodyguard for Prince, correct? And your mom was a NASA engineer. It's two completely different worlds, but man, that's got to be a really cool upbringing with all that you experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. My dad was a security and stage manager for a long time. Uh, the Prince time was before me. That was when he was at Mankato State, Minnesota State, and stuff like that wasn't mm. there. But um, uh, my mom just retired this past year from NASA, so that was, I think she worked there for 34 or 33 years. I forget how many years um, that she was there. So, yeah, it was a very interesting life because I was able to experience what it was like being um, pushed for academics, but also understanding the world around me and being aware of what the entertainment life is is and is like. So I was able to see both landscapes and, and really make a determination of how, how to move around and judge myself. And this and this is a reason why you're a dude that I look at and say, if you were told it, you can't play basketball again, right? Like it's illegal. Basketball's now illegal. I feel like you would be all right, and you would have tons of other interests and jo- like you are so much more than than basketball. And maybe that's where you get it from. Do you have thoughts? Like we had Eric Collins on the Hornets broadcast on TV the other night talking about how you could be a politician. You know what I mean? He could be. He could, he could be a po- like. Do you have thoughts about things you like? You're already one of the VPs in a players union you're only 25 like do you already have thoughts about other things in life you want to do <laughs> yeah my family always jokes about being the mayor of Charlotte one day <laughs> but, uh, 
that's what Lake Norris from uh, the Child Observer always called me as the mayor. So um, <laughs> that was me growing up. So they thought, I guess they saw it from a young age, I guess. <laughs> we will see if that's one, where it one, heads. One more thing, Grant. When you found out you were coming here, what's the, what's the first thing you thought of? Like, I have to, I'm going home. I got to go. I got to go here. Is it one of the staples of Charlotte? Is it Show Mars? Is it Bojack? What did you think of in your head that when I get back, I'm going to this place? Genghis Grill. Oh, really? Good to be home, brother. I'm here in the garage. Yes, sir. You know, I will. Right, okay. We'll catch you. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> saw one of my good uh, family friends oh, who, worked, who works for Bank, for Bank of America just not walking. Oh, very walking cool. To the gym. Oh, very so, cool. Very cool. All right, but that's your spot, though. Yeah, I was going to say, Genghis Grill is definitely my spot. I go there. With my, I started in Houston growing up with my mom, but every time I visited at NASA. Then they brought them here on Independence and Valentine. Those are two of the spots I go to. It's a little chain. And if not, I go. I used to go to the Chicken Coop, but that's closed now. They oh, got yeah. the COVID. Uh, what else is there out here that I used to go to all the time? Uh, Mr. Charles uh, Fish and Chips. I used yeah. to go to. Uh, <laughs> but those are all. This place called Auntie Chinese Food that, used to, that was in my neighborhood that had closed uh, during COVID. There's a bunch of. Bunch of restaurants. Charlotte's changing, man. I'm I'm not, I'm not used to this new, this new Charlotte yet. It's changing fast. It's growing fast. And you're right, man. We lost someone a lot of good Grant, spots during COVID. Someone said Grant is Grant is door dashing during this interview right yeah, now. He's very, he's such a hard worker. He's got another job already. <laughs> I, a lot of door dash right now. And a lot of family, and I went over for first family dinner just now yesterday. That is Grant Williams. That interview bone combined with the way he plays on the floor with an edge and an attitude, right? He's a leader. He's already becoming a fan favorite. It took him two or three games to do that. He is, and they won again since that interview played yesterday. We talk about the hot Hornets, and we ask the question, is it possible? They never lose again. Sports Radio, (laughs) 92.7 WFNZ.